Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd. And my name is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 537. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who does want to feel outstanding? And I always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, I think we're going to put this up early, shortly after we record because we're going to talk a little bit about our response and our community's response and the world's response to the coronavirus. And then we're hoping to talk about some normal stuff too, because yeah. I think normalcy is probably a good thing. Well, and you know, maybe this is what the show is about, is about in the, in this, in life when things are chaotic and that can be in our own personal lives or that can be in the world like it is right now. Um, we, I'm sorry about that. I can't hear myself anymore. What about now? Um, yeah, now I can. What'd okay, you do? Did you turn me off? I was trying to mute myself because I was going to cough and I oh. wanted to save the listeners from my cough. I know, but you're not sick. That's from like a couple weeks ago because no. coughing right now is kind of a thing that people are not wanting to be around. Well, I don't think they're really around. But. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if they're listening, they're not getting coughed on. But anyway, <laughs> that's a good point. What I was going to say was that, um, that it's this balance that we have to find, and it's not going to be perfect, um, but it is okay in the midst of a crisis, which many people feel they're in, or they're concerned, or it could be mental, physical, literal, what you know, all the above, to have moments of enjoyment and making sure you take time to take care of yourself and to have a laugh. Mm -hmm. That does not negate or disrespect what's happening. It helps you manage what's happening. So you don't have to have this constant feeling of I need to be on high alert at all times because that's not sustainable. Um, I think that what I have found over the last couple of weeks, because Todd and I had a big talk this morning and I've been monitoring it as everybody else. I'm no different than anybody else for the last about three weeks pretty closely. And I don't know, maybe I've built up like every day I've seen something new or something that I'm like, whoa, where I've built up a tolerance mm -hmm. to um, handling the news where I'm not surprised that we are where we are right now because sure. everyone said this was going to be what it is. And it's how prepared do we feel, how many of a, you know, like Todd and I really don't have a big um, – we don't watch any news. Like I haven't watched TV news. Probably the only time that happens is if I'm at my mom's, Right. but I do read all the time. So, you know, some people have been watching the news too much where they're overwhelmed and some people haven't been watching or reading at all. And that in this situation is not a good idea. Right. You have to have a little bit of information. So before we jump into that, okay. two things we want to, um, maybe, um, not promote or just, you know, promote, I guess. Pop culturing. Pop culturing. We got about, how many do we have? I think we counted like 28 or something. 20 some odd. So, um, you know, more. people can watch a lot of movies this week if you're not going out and about. So, you know what, you guys, this is what we're going to do on our Zen parenting page. Cause Todd and I are going to, um, talk this week about how we can support everybody a little better in, with what we have to offer. And one of the things I'm going to post is all of our pop culturing episodes. Mm -hmm. So then maybe you can choose those movies to watch this week and then you can listen to the pop culturing episode afterwards. There you go. So we will do that. Uh, so you just go to uh, to the podcast, subscribe to Pop Culturing. Yeah. And then uh, we do Team Zen. Uh, we had a Zen talk last week. I think we have another one. I think it's not scheduled for two weeks, but I think because we're going to be around more. We'll, we'll probably have more. We'll probably have more or at least one sooner. So 
perfect time. Uh, get um, a virtual community. How about a good time to have a virtual community? It, and that's what's interesting is I think that right now, for as much as we're all isolating, and I think we should be. Like I'm really I'm I. I understand, and I think you all do too, why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I think it's important and necessary. But that doesn't mean we don't talk to people. Like I've probably texted more people in the last couple of days than I ever have. Um, I've called my mom, just talked to her on the phone. I usually just see her during the week, but now we're talking on the phone more. Um, she's in, in a assisted living facility and they're not letting people in anymore. Um, or at least you have to have a really big reason to go there. So that's going to be my, you know, my way to stay in touch with her. And, you know, this is, this is an opportunity, right? Yeah. Like if it was little house on the prairie time, Pa and, uh, who are the other ones? Uh, Pa and Mary and Laura and Carrie and Ma. Is it Ma or mom? I think her name was, what was her name? Karen? I think her name was Karen. I don't know. I only knew Pa because he wore a sweet hat. You, I, I'm not trying to like bring up like invisible labor here, but do you know how much work Ma did? And you don't remember Ma? I'm actually about to talk about invisible labor. Are you really? I am. Okay. Uh, but anyways, so it's not Little House on the Prairie time, so we can actually stay connected. And, and you know, I guess what a wonderful um, opportunity. Privilege. Privilege. That we have. That we have that we can stay connected in front of a camera that's connected to my laptop and our phone, which we can text anybody at any time. So that we can do this podcast that yeah. we can do FaceTime. Like it's not having gratitude for those things does not deny the seriousness of the moment. Like, I think that's what we're talking about when we're talking about balances. We have all these abilities to make sure that um, some of our life mm -hmm. can stay fairly normalized and not only do we have that opportunity? And for those of us who have that privilege, you know, with our phones, but it's essential. Yeah. This is how we, we don't, we may be social distancing, but we should stay close to each other yeah. is, is the, at least emotionally. As, as much as you're pulling back physically, maybe you lean in that much more virtually. Beautiful. Thank you. Good job, Toddy. Um, so last week we, did, we talked a little bit about the CV19, what's it called? COVID-19? COVID? That's what I call it. C-O-V-I-D. COVID-19. Because it, basically it's a form of coronavirus okay. because like SARS and yeah. MERS are also coronaviruses. And this was found in 2019. Okay. So um, so we talked a little bit about a podcast last week and I explained to our audience that I read my two emails every morning to inform myself and that's it. And aside from aside from those two things... I, for the most part, stick my head in the sand. Um, and I feel like that's as much information as I need. My sweetheart has been doing a little bit more informing of herself. And you did certain things to prepare us for, quote unquote, worst case scenarios, right? Yep. So uh, I want to just, and, you know, and maybe we'll talk, we're supposed to go to Florida. We've just decided not to go to Florida. Correct. Which is, yeah. for me, feels really congruent. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about that, but... But first, let me start about the invisible labor. So Gemma Hartley, who spoke at her conference, um, wrote a book called Fed Up, and it's about how in certain households, uh, the mother um, does more of the invisible labor than the father. Emotional. In mm -hmm. typical situations, mm -hmm. mom, dad, whatever. And this is a perfect example mm -hmm. of that because I was at a convention in Texas a few weeks ago. 
I basically have not been doing anything to prepare ourselves for this moment. So um, I, I once again, and we talked a little bit about this this morning, and we're having a conversation right now, is this is just another example, at least in my marriage, where you are not only the one that is carrying all this emotion, which is, I think, unfair and something that I need to do a better job on, but you're also <clears throat> have the moral compass aligned because this morning I said, you know, we're what's the difference if we're in a condo that we were planning on renting for spring break or if we are sitting in our house? Like, there's really not much difference. That was my attitude going into the morning. And then you explained some of the things that you've been reading. And, you know, the news changes uh, every hour, it seems every, yeah. like. There's new every information sure. all the time. And what you said, and you might be able to explain this better than I can, it doesn't feel right. Even if we are just as safe if we're sitting on a beach in a condo in Florida, there's a lot of people that are being impacted by this. And for us to act as if everything is the same seems a little irresponsible. Mm -hmm. So I guess I just want to you know, say, you know, <laughs> Kathy is carrying the emotional labor. She ordered food a few weeks ago, just in case that we needed to make sure that we could get something in the pinch. And now you're helping our family make the, you know, global citizens best morally correct decision. So, um, you know, you kind of like woke me up today a little bit. And although I'm disappointed, but like big deal. Like, big deal. Who cares? So, and we're not telling anybody to do something or not to do something. We're simply telling you our story. Well, and that's, let me explain a little bit, um, sure. is that for people who have been reading enough, um, we've seen the gradual shifts. We live in Illinois. Um, school has been canceled for three weeks for a reason. As our district is saying, these are not snow days. These are not days where it's like, oh, now let's have big parties. These are days that we are supposed to take the time to be apart from each other, to make sure that we slow, or as they say, flatten the curve of people getting this virus. The truth is, children, people our age, definitely 20s and 30s and, and through the through 60 are, are, are fine relatively, meaning if we got this illness, we would be fine. Um, you know, obviously there's a small percentage of people who wouldn't and sure. people who have underlying conditions, but typically we'd be okay. But that's not why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. It's not about us. What we need to do as healthy people or as people who are who have the ability to do this, we need to stay home and not contract and spread around this sickness because there are people that can't tolerate it. Not only that, the hospital system cannot tolerate the if if everything goes up the way that it's been going up, and we don't really even know. I'm not even going to get into the politics of this and all the testing because you guys do your own reading about that. But we don't really even know who has this. And the truth is, is a lot of people are going to get it. But if we can slow the rate of it, then the hospitals can keep up with the people who need help. So all we're trying to do is flatten the curve. So people can stay. So we, we don't have this thing where the hospitals are inundated with people who are really sick and need respirators and need emergency help. What I know is that a lot of people who have elective surgeries have already had their surgeries canceled. 
They have been saying to anybody, if you can handle things at home, handle them at home. Please don't come to the hospital. Not only do you have a higher risk of catching something else, but we don't have the capability. We need to have all hands on deck. So you are not, we are not not going to Florida because we're afraid of getting sick. We are going because as a, not going because as a global citizen, we need to do our part to flatten the curve. We need to take responsibility for our bodies and our family and make sure that we are not doing anything to harm other people. This is what Italy, um, it, it, you know, they're doing their best now. They're obviously quarantined, but they were learning from their experience. Yeah. Whereas like South Korea did things in a different way um, and we should be learning from their experience. We are... and. It's so little to ask of human beings to stay home for two or three weeks. I know it feels heavy. And for those of you who have children who have needs or who have, you know, it's difficult to stay home or you're worried about your job. Like, I am so there with you. But it's kind of like we've got all these crises and we have to start with that one first, meaning we have to flatten this curve. And and what I am finding and I don't know about the, all of you reading, but people are stepping up to the plate, meaning, you know, I'm reading about how ComEd has agreed to not shut off certain people's power during this time, even if they can't pay, and that, you know, people are paying for each other's food, and people are, we are rising as human beings to make sure we take care of each other. And that, to me, feels like where I want to put my energy, mm-hmm. like being on a beach, even if I personally would be safe, feels completely wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) as far as like what this time is about. And it's not about being afraid. I'm not feeling fear. What I'm feeling is obligation and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that's very different. I think when we, people who haven't been reading, they look at all this like closings and chaos and they're like, why is everybody so afraid? It's more about being aware and alert and woke and educated. Like this is what we need to do, not forever, But for now, as things are going up, this is like a small period of time. And then it also buys us some time because the more time we have, the more possibility for new breakthroughs and new ideas. And, you know, this is a really we've got a lot of minds at work here. And who knows what can that's the thing is for every bad news that I see during the day, I see good news. And so, you know, I told Todd, I've been as I know all of you are like following Tom Hanks's Instagram because he's he's helping me. He's like, everybody take care of each other. And I said to Todd, I want to be Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to be, you know, laying in the sun. I mean, of course we all do, but that's not what it's time for. Sure. So it's a very and so when we say this, this doesn't it's not a direction. It it it's not saying you have to do this because you may have reasons that you need to go to the places you need to go to. Like you may need to go be with a family member or you may need to go somewhere because it's, you know, better for your family to be in a certain place. This is not about judgment. Please know that. No, we're There's just no judgment. Use some discernment. Ex- that, exactly. Like and, and please don't throw judgment on other people if they're in fear or not in fear because everybody comes to their own decision for their own reasons and you don't know their story. So so before you get on Facebook or Twitter or whatever and start talking about how everybody's horrible because you're not doing what you're doing, you don't know their story. But can you look at your own story and figure out how to manage that? Right. You know, how to, um, you know, what choices you can make 
um, because you might be able to do a bunch of things. You might be able to go somewhere and still support other people or, mm-hmm. you know, Todd and I are still figuring this out. Can you tell? Yeah. Like this is all so new um, in these decisions that we made, we've just made today. So we don't have answers. It's not like everybody should do this. It's just more about, can you take this opportunity to really look inside and be like, what's the best thing for the world right now? We're not asked to do that very much, Todd. No, it's because we live in America. We're in such an individualist society. Yeah. You know, my family, just me, my needs. And it's like right now, it's about something bigger. Yeah. And it's about, you know, one of my biggest um, inspirations right now is my dad because he's not here. He passed away a few years ago, but my dad had all the things. Not only was he almost 80... He had heart disease. He had diabetes. He was terminally ill or, you know, um, yeah, I guess that's what you would say, terminally ill. Chronic. Chronic uh, condition, heart chronic condition. heart, to, you know, and um, he had this, he couldn't have survived it. And so when I think about him, I'm in, and, and my mom is also in a community. I guess my point is, is it's like, stay home. You know what I mean? Like, let's take care of these people who have no options whatsoever. Um, and it doesn't mean you, you still go to the grocery store and you get your gas and maybe you see your neighbors. It's not, we don't have to like, we don't have to shut down. We just need to, what's, what's a good word for this, Todd? We need to modify, consider, Act resp- discern responsibly, discern. Um, make, make judgment calls. Is this a need or a want? Correct. And that to, and to realize that, yes, that's not typically, this won't be our typical, this is momentary. And we'll all look back and be like, we did it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we don't have to do this with fear. We can do this with purpose. Um, and that's kind of my, um, you know, that's all I have to say for now. Um, so we're going to get into the regularly scheduled programming. All right, let's do it. But first, oh. David Serrano is our friend. Yes, he was at the conference. He's at the conference, I think, for each of the last four years. He's our personal financial advisor, mm-hmm. and he is a partner of the show. Mm-hmm. And I want to give David a plug. For anybody who feels like they don't really like their financial advisor or if they don't have one, uh, David's your guy. It's, you know, the two words I would use to describe David— he is honest and really smart yeah. at what he does. So um, I just want to thank David for all his support. And, um, you know, he handles all our money, and I am very hyper critical of who that person might be. Talk about discernment. I trust him. <laughs> I trust him quite a bit. So, anyways, uh, if you're interested, give him a call. His phone number is 815 370 3780. And if you want, tell him Zen Parenting sent you and Zen Parenting loves you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> a week ago, yeah, I got back from Texas, and I said something wrong. I said something that didn't oh, land. Oh, well. I know. I remember. And um, and you were processing. So what I, I think I said like I wanted to change our Monday around a little bit, and it didn't land well in how I said it, what I said, and. The next morning, we were kind of processing through this because, yes, Kathy and I have moments where we are not in alignment, (laughs) if you can believe it. For sure. We're not supposed to be. And I said, it's correct. And I said something like, you don't have to do all these things. And your response was what? (laughs) 
Okay, I got to get my myself back in the situation. So Todd and I were having a conversation. I was telling him about all these things. It was probably connected to what we're talking about today. Is I think I was reading you, you and planning listing, and preparing. You are listing the amount of stuff that you are doing emotionally, physically, things that take your time, things that take your energy, all these things, and the things I wasn't able to do, and, like write. And, and I said something like, "You don't, you have don't have to, to do, do all, all these things." things. Like, and what I meant was, give yourself a break, but. The way that landed, and tell me if you think I'm wrong, it's, yes, I do. Uh, well, because if I didn't, things would fall apart. Correct. Which is kind of the definition of emotional labor, right? And that, I think what I said was, I, I remember I was laying down and I said, that's not possible. Yeah. Like, the idea that you can say to me, you don't have to do all these things, mm -hmm. is such an easy way of it's almost it's it's not gaslighting but it's like it's not true mm -hmm. of course i need to do all these things now can i drop things that are non-essential of course but what do you how do you think and i'm saying this out loud not to todd specifically but how do you think all these things get done right like how do why do you think there's food in the fridge and why do you think that there is gas in the car or why do you think that there is you know the, the house is clean or things are put away or that people have clean underwear and socks like it's not magic right. it's a lot of work and when people say to the person doing that um you don't have to do those things I, it always makes me laugh a little bit. Plus, on top of those are just the household things. Like I'm also working, and um, you know, and not doing things I really want to do. Yeah. Like write and see certain people, and you know, come up with new creative ideas and endeavors. Like all those things are back burner. Um, so this this keeps coming up in our marriage, and it's because I I you know I'm human. I screw up. I say the wrong things. I I I. You're conditioned. I'm conditioned, but then like I'll go away and forget all the things that it takes to keep things going. So this is a recurring theme for this podcast. I yes. just did a search for, by the way, for those of you guys who don't know, you can go to our podcast archive and just type in any words you want and it'll come up. So I just typed in emotional labor uh -huh. and four different podcasts came up. Women Aren't Nags, We're Just Fed Up, which is podcast Gemma's. number 495. Real-Time Emotional Labor, which is probably something that you and I were processing in that moment, <laughs> which is podcast 440. I Feel Pretty. I don't know what that was all about. And then uh, that was podcast 430. And then Emotional Labor is an Unpaid Job, podcast 405. So we've already dedicated three full podcasts to this topic. And now here it's showing up again. And it's because, uh, to your point, I am conditioned to not um, realize all the invisible things that you do for, your, like I said, you're the CEO of this household, and I don't even know if you like that title, eh. but you, you, know, you are the last line of defense with our daughter's emotional leads. Like, I'll do my best, I'll do the best that I can, and, but there's times when I, I'm either not there or I'm there and they don't wanna talk to me. They'd rather talk to you because you're the one that's been doing this since they were zero. And I do it sort of good and you do it really well. So anyways, I don't know where I'm going with oh, this. Thanks. but That's nice of you. I appreciate it. Um, we're both conditioned. 
because I assume it's my responsibility. Um, And for as much as we talk about it, and Gemma is our friend, and she was at our conference, and she wrote a book about it, and, you know, Bridget Schulte wrote a book about it, and called Overwhelmed, and... You know, uh, there's one that Manisha just gave me for Christmas called All the Rage, Mm. which is very similar to this is this is a very, you know, talk about things changing and shifting. This is a shifting issue like this is we're in the midst of a lot of change, Um, you know, because there's so much going on with this virus, you know. We haven't even talked about that Harvey Weinstein is right. getting 23 years in prison. And that has, you know, I know that has nothing to do, com- like it's not a direct line to invisible labor and emotional labor, but there's this opening of gender roles and norms and me too and what's okay and what we've accepted and what we're speaking up about. They're all like have little interconnections, you know, little synapse connections where things are changing and, and it takes time and practice and it takes us having a conversation about it. It's not one way because there's also me having to work on the fact, like I'll give you an example of where I need to do some work is when there is something that we're struggling with, I do all the processing in my own body. Well, and this weekend in the last three weeks is a perfect, I know we're talking about yeah. that, just a perfect example of yeah. all that. Well, and I ha- I mean, I have been bringing it up to you. You have. I've and been I've been listening, but not... Paying attention. Well, I mean, I've been paying attention, but I'm also, whether, I don't know why, but I feel like, yeah, it's probably not going to be as bad as everybody thinks it might. Like, it's, I don't know if it's an optimistic attitude or a, or a... Just trying to move it pretend. along. Yeah. But I, I'm like, whatever. And, you know, like if you'd have told me three weeks ago that Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, the Masters has all been canceled, I'd be like, you're nuts. Right. There's no way. Right. And here we are. Right. So, and oh, by the way, you said um, the name of the book was what? All the Rage. All the Rage. Is this how you feel sometimes, sweetie? <laughs> Just a rat in a cage. This is for all the women out there. (laughs) We're not rats. Do you like this song? Uh, no. Oh, you don't? Well, I like it because it reminds me of you. Oh. All right. Like, say this song came on the radio, I would listen to it. I would turn it up and listen to it. It's this is an anthem for the moms. But it's not, because we're not rats in cages. I, don't I know, like but you you're you have rage. I don't have rage. I don't have rage. You get <laughs> despite all my discomfort, I am just, still just a rat. Despite all in a my cage. conditioning and expectations. Yeah, I get I get the second half, but I'm still a rat in a cage. I understand how that right. doesn't, yeah, land. That doesn't land. I'm just talking about the despite all right. my rage. Well, and I think, I don't know, I'm kind of making this up on the fly about the word rage, but I think rage is when our anger goes unheard. And um, and I don't feel that way right now. So do some women feel rage? And should they? Like the women who've had to, for 24 years, talk about what Bill Cosby did to them and mm. what Harvey Weinstein did to them. And, you know, women who have been, who are trying to go to court and say, my partner is abusing me and nobody's doing anything about it. Or, you know, this person threatened me, but their gun isn't taken away. You know, like people like that should 
the, the rage is really justified yeah. because the system does not work for them. And not only that, but when they speak up, it then works against them right. sometimes. So that kind of rage, I really understand. Sure. Um, but this is more like I think you and I have the luxury, again, the privilege of having conversations about shifting a dynamic. And I... I, th- I think that part the part I can take responsibility for is obviously speaking up um, and, you know, speaking my feelings and not just being passive aggressive, which I think I've been working on for years. And it's funny you say that because I'm thinking of um, the question that we always get asked after a conference, or after a presentation, one of the moms, two of the moms, five of the moms will come up to me or you and say, how do I get my husband here? How mm-hmm. do I get... and maybe we talked about this. So tell me if we did, I'm like, because my message, my response back to them has evolved over nine years. Like how, and my based la- on what we're experiencing. Yeah. My last one was, you know, gentle nudges, gentle nudges. And you're like, yeah, it doesn't really land for me anymore. No. And I think what you said was stand up with conviction and say, I need this without being mean. You know, I'm talking about the, let's in this example, the, the wife, a gentle nudge is too passive. I would empower those women who come up to me after presentations and say, stand up with love and compassion, but stand up and say, this isn't working and I need you to get on the train here. Well, and that is the... the Train's the, leaving the station. Tra- train has, train left a long time ago. Just hold on tight. Um, I think... I like that a lot better than gentle nudges because gentle nudges is don't harm my ego. Don't make me feel bad about something. And it's like, okay. So one of the things that Gemma said at our conference that I really appreciated is she was talking about the title of her, um, book or the, no, the title of her article about we aren't nags. Mm -hmm. Um, we're just fed up. And she really started thinking about the word nags and what that means. And basically as she started to kind of dive into the definition of it for her book, it's really just about asking someone to do something more than once mm. and how when you ask someone to do something and they don't do it and then you ask them again, you're the problem. I just uh, Googled the dictionary for nag. Yeah. Annoy or irritate a person with persistent fault finding or continuous urging. That's the verb. The noun definition is a person who nags someone. Don't you remember when you were a little kid? And the teacher would say, give me the definition for nag. So you go to the dictionary and you right. break it out. And, and then now it would be a person who nags someone. And you write it down. The teacher would be like, <laughs> that's not a good definition. <laughs> You're like, you got to dive into the I feel like the, the dictionary people need to work on their interpretation of words. Because that doesn't really help. The noun for a nag is a person who nags someone. Well, because they give the description so accurately. In, in the, the verb. The verb, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. So part of that... Uh, definition I agree with, which is a person who asks persistently. The part about fault finding that that is not what we're talking about. My, you know, speaking up and standing up and saying these are the needs that need to be met. It's not about saying and and here's all the things that are wrong with you. Yeah. That's that's just creating a fight. Yeah. That's just going after the Achilles. That's being defensive. That's being cruel. But saying to somebody. Hey, I need you. Let's make something up that's that won't hurt. Like change the oil mm-hmm. on the car. You know, I'm doing this, so can can you make sure the oil is changed in the car? And then you're driving the next day, and the oil hasn't been changed. And then you say, Hey, is there a plan? You know about the oil change? I'll get to it later. And then a couple of days later, you're driving, and the oil light goes on. 
And you're trying to say, this is a problem for me because I'm driving this car and you're saying you're going to do this and you're not. And you've put it at the end of your priorities because you don't think it's important, but it's affecting me. Yeah. And and so, but then I'm the problem for bringing it up again. Yep. I'm the nag. So, and I, and I think that this is where we can take responsibility as women or as the partner, because it's not always yeah, gender Sometimes specific. it's reverse. Sometimes it's two men and a couple, two women and a couple, whatever. Well, yeah. And I don't want to be too passive about that because I think sometimes we do make this a female thing. Sure. And like you said, in a gay couple, um, there, you know, especially my, uh, my friend, two women who are married, you know, there is one who tends to be more of the person mm-hmm. who, who takes on this invisible labor and their partner doesn't see as much of it yet. She's still a woman. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a woman thing, you know, and obviously in a um, men's partnership and transgender and transgender Gen- fluid. That's right. And non-binary yep, Todd you. and I are. Uh, trying our best working um well practicing it's less about trying our best and more like practicing the norms to be as inclusive as everybody deserves to be included beautiful i love it um and so you know all partnerships being different actually can i just stop for a second just a little side note should we back up i was watching um so thank you one of the things i've been really enjoying in the last two weeks because i have felt so much change is I've gone back to watching Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. It's on um, Amazon Prime right now for free, and I'm just enjoying it so much. I've always loved Sex in the City. We actually even did a podcast or a pop culturing about yeah. Sex in the City. It was I'm one a, of the most listened to ones we've done so I far. I know. I think that's so cool yeah. because obviously there's a lot of fans out there. And I was watching um, the episode last night where um, Samantha was asked by these, um, she had uh, friends, a a gay couple, two men, who wanted to have sex with her Mm -hmm. because they had never had sex with a woman before. Sure. And she's telling Carrie this story, and Carrie's like, huh, you know, you're going to do that? And Samantha goes on this huge, and this was like season two, so this was a long time ago, on this huge, like, speech about how she's like in the future everyone's going to be pansexual Mm. she uses the word pansexual and she says and you know sex and attraction is not about gender Mm. it's about who you want to be with it's about desire i was like samantha jones yeah she was ahead of her time and she always kind of was in some ways i mean you don't have to agree with everything samantha did to recognize that she was a very open-minded person sure um it was just a wonderful little soliloquy where i'm like little did you know that would be the truth of the future so anyway Going back to partnership, I think that what I was just trying to sum up is that there there's one person usually in the partnership who kind of takes the inventory of life. Like these are the things that need to be done and someone needs to do this. And it would be nice um, for us to do it together rather than me feel like I need to delegate it to mm-hmm. you. And this can be difficult because we all have different things that we think are important. Sure. But there's certain things, and Todd and I have had lots of talks about things like, um, you know, I brought up the car because we don't, he's always, you're in charge of all that, but like putting gas in the car, like Todd is Kramer from Seinfeld where he will take the gas down to the very end, like, and he loves to drive when it's on empty and he's like, it's fine. And I am not comfortable with that because as a woman driving often with kids in the car, having the car 
stop somewhere, especially at night, is not only a huge inconvenience, but is a safety thing. And this is something that he has never had to experience or live with. And so I try to explain, please tell me if there's no gas in the car or if there's just a little left, fill it up. And you, by the way, compliment here. We've had this conversation for a long time and you totally get this. Uh, I'm not perfect, but I'm better. Well, I'm not either. It looks like we're going to need some gas. Oh, well, how much gas do you think is in there right now? Well, it's on E. You know, look, oftentimes Jerry, he lends me his car, and I find myself in a situation where the car is almost out of gas. But for a variety of reasons, I don't want to be the one responsible for purchasing costly gasoline. <laughs> so do you want to know how far you can drive your friend's car for free? Well, I make it up to him in other ways. Where's it now? There's still some overlap between the needle and the slash below the E. How low are you going to go? Oh, I've been in the slash many times. This is nothing. You'll get used to it. Just put it out of your mind. Have you ever been completely below the slash? Well, I almost did once, and I blacked out. When I came to, the car was in a ditch, and the tank was full. I don't know who did it, and I never got to thank them. Mr. Kramer, the road! Oh, that's a good scene. <laughs> Below the slash, <laughs> I've been below the slash many a time. I know, Todd's like we're fine. Well, and then so now it has the digital thing, like you have five yes, miles left, yes. two miles left, nineteen miles left, and I've been it's a zero, zero. <laughs> and then that's when I start getting nervous. <laughs> and I don't get nervous, but quarter of a tank left, and I'm like, time to refuel. And what's funny is I would teach my daughters not to do what I do. Right, and and the and the part is is again going back to all these things about. Gender difference, if we're going to be um, very in the binary mm -hmm. um, of gender difference, is that it is different for me. Like those things that I said, like pu being pulled over alone, especially at dark, is not a good idea yeah. for me. And that's a different experience for you. Sure. Um, I'm sure I'd be fine, but there's the probability You're that more risk. I'm more it's the bottom risk. line. So it's like, uh, to your point, we, we want to teach our daughters to, to be thoughtful about that. Um, <laughs> I love that one. We um, just we talked about Sex in the City and Seinfeld. We got to bring up Friends. No, no, we don't. Oh, okay. Unless you have something in specific in mind. No. Um, in in an effort to continue to explore <laughs> the gender equality thing. Yeah. I talked to you about this. Okay. And I'm reading this right off of something I copy and pasted. Okay. In January, the state of California started a two-year sales tax ban on menstrual hygiene products, tampons, sanitary napkins, sponges, and menstrual cups. I don't even know what all those things are. Say them again. Tampons, sanitary napkins, menstrual sponges, and menstrual cups. They're just all used for your period. All They're right. just different modes. Uh, the state assembly, Christina Garcia says, uh, the law is about having a tax code that's gender neutral and represents our values. Garcia estimates that these products cost consumers more than $3,200 before taxes over a lifetime. California joins 12 other states that also exempt essential hygiene products from sales tax, seven that are considering similar measures, and five with no sales tax of any kind. These laws are the result of sustained activism to label these products essential items, similar to other tax-exempt tax items like toilet paper, Viagra, and Rogaine. Yep, those last two are considered essential items. So just to be to repeat what I just read in a much smaller sentence, Viagra and Rogaine are considered essential items, uh -huh. and we do not get taxed on those things. Correct, because you know. Yet you girls, yeah, 
Women. Women mm -hmm. get taxed on all your period stuff. How messed up. And I know you've told me this, but for some reason, you know, sometimes you have to like see something 10 times for it to really land. At least it does for me. Like that's insane. I know. Well, it, it's a demonstration of who makes these laws. Yes. Right. And, and people, men, mm -hmm. because they're looking out for their interests because that's what naturally happens when you're in a leadership position. You see through your own eyes. You make your own decisions based on your experience. This is not, this is not rocket science. This only makes sense. So this is why we, we you know, when we talk about having women in leadership and leadership positions or having women at the table or, or people who identify as women, um, it is a, it's necessary to make sure this perspective is offered, you know, um, listen to this, Todd. Products marketed specifically toward women cost on an average 7% more than products that are marketed toward men. This discrepancy applies to apparel, toys, other healthcare, other healthcare products. Um, for example, they talked about a side-by-side a -side study of a radio flyer scooter. Remember radio yeah, flyer? Sure. Where the, rate, the red scooter was $24.99 and the pink scooter was identical, but it was pink, and it was $49. What is up with that? I know. I know. In children's apparel, girls' clothes are 4% more expensive than boys. Men's clothing was 8% less expensive than women's. And the largest discrepancy is about personal care and hygiene because women's products are 13% more than men. So it's like if I go after my deodorant and it's all like, you know, got flowers and butterflies on it, um, and you just are getting a more traditional deodorant. My deodorant is more expensive, but it's still just deodorant. It's unbelievable. I know. Um, the and pink then tax. One other quick thing, and then maybe we'll close shop. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Canada. Earlier this week, the government introduced legislation to criminalize LGBTQ conversion therapy. Fantastic. The practice intends to change a person's sexual orientation on gender identity through things like hypnosis and talk therapy, but it's been widely discredited. Studies show it can cause mental health issues like anxiety and depression. The UN has called for an end to this practice. Um, I had a buddy. Um, what is his name? Uh, I'm sad. He went on my retreat. His parents put him through that. He's, a gay, he's a gay man. Randy? And he went, Randy. Thank uh -huh. you. And I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? He's like, yep. I'm like, that, I don't know. It was never based in science. There was no research behind it. There was no, obviously, I mean, this goes without saying, but it was done out of fear mm -hmm. and out of control. Can you imagine, we're, this is a total tangent, rabbit hole. I just can only imagine what it's like that your parents are like, yeah, you're going to go to conversion therapy because who you are is not acceptable. So we're going to try to get you back on track. <laughs> what? I mean, what, what? what can I say? Come on. I know. We got, we, there's some things. There's, there's some things, some things um, to do. And on that note, to kind of, you know, bring us full circle, because we're talking about so many things in the world today. <laughs> um, you guys, this, uh, this time is such an opportunity for us to take care of each other. And that's going to look different depending on who you are. It's not always about buying people things or about money. It's about how you treat people. 
It's about how you smile at people. It's about how you give people encouragement and support. It's about how you text your friends who maybe live alone or family members and check in on them, not because they're necessarily at risk in some way physically, but to see how they are emotionally. This is an opportunity for us to remember you know, I was telling a friend the other day about David Brooks's book, um, The Road to Character. One of my favorite things in the book is about how we all have different loves, you know, like relationships and money and, you know, um, property and, you know, all these different things we love. But we get into trouble when we get our loves out of order. Yeah. And what I know for sure is that the only or every order no matter who you are, should always start with the relationships. And if it doesn't, there's going to be a mess somewhere down the line. Is the Todd and my defining or foundational um, element to Zen parenting is connection and relationships. And this is an opportunity when things are so weird (laughs) and so uncertain to get our loves back in order. Yeah, and... Relationships, relationship with self. Yep. The whole airplane mask thing. Yeah. Put your own mask on first. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And then whoever whoever you happen to live with, I would think probably comes second. I mean, except, partnership and parenting. Yeah, partnership and parenting. Parents, you know, sons, daughters. Because some people are like, oh yeah, I'm I'm focusing on relationship. I'm focusing on this woman instead of my wife, or mm-hmm. this man instead of my husband. That's not the relationships we're talking about. You got to take care of your own business first. That's right. Before you jump ship. The people who are your people. Yes, your people. And your friends and your friends' friends and ways through your work that you can give. And Todd and I are trying to figure that out right now. Yeah. Um, and it and it's a work in progress. But what I hope, what I know, when there is crisis and it's painful and scary and uncertain, is there, it cracks us and allows us to see our lives in a different way Mm -hmm. and what's important and reminds us that all those things that we wake up and worry about on a typical day don't matter. Sure. And that it's just all about how we feel about ourselves and each other and our own integrity and supporting the people we love and making sure that we remember that we're all in this together. Nobody is alone. Um, None of us are alone. We're all in this together and we can take all that uncertain energy and direct it towards connection instead of directing it toward fear and anger and hoarding and things that hurt other people. Direct it toward connection to yourself and others. We love you. We're with you. Pretty good, right? Uh, Join together. No, because this is about music. What do you mean? How about how about a different one? All right, what do you got? Um, we just watched Forrest Gump the other day. Is that Mr. Gump? And the song that Mrs. comes Gump. on uh, during all the '60s stuff that I love. Come on, people now. Try smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Oh boy. One another right now. <laughs> that. That one. Yes. Let's see. That if is a little better than joining with the Who, because they're talking about their music. I don't know if this is the one. <laughs> no. 
No. I'm looking it on it. YouTube. It's a picture of Jesus and all his disciples. So I don't think this is it. <laughs> I don't think this is it. Uh, what's the name of that song? Um, um, it's everybody gets here to try to love one another. <laughs> Everybody's yelling at us. This name think of so. the song. Here, I got it. Okay. <laughs> I think this is it, maybe. There it is. It's a little slow start. We're going to fast forward. Smile on your brother, everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. It's actually called Get Together, right? Yeah, that's right. I said join together. You say get together. I think I was saying come together. Yeah. All right. Um, so maybe we'll do another podcast this week. Who knows? Yeah. It's kind of We're in a kind of a, a different mode. Yeah, different time. Um, and then I want to talk about Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He's our uh, partner, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. So, yeah, I think I'm going to bring our equipment to where we're going, and maybe we'll... Yeah, will you do that? Yeah. It may not have... Well, the sound quality should be good, right? Yeah, we'll figure it out. Okay. So, yeah, um, we really do love you and just know we're with you. And if we do, if we take responsibility for ourselves and do the things we're being asked to do, we can make a difference. That's right. Keep tracking. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe and review our Pop Culturing Podcast, a Gen X viewpoint on movies and TV with an emphasis on personal growth and self-awareness. It's basically the flip side of Zen Parenting Radio. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called coaching for guys you want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones we can talk in person phone facetime you choose and don't forget about tribe men's group we have a virtual community from men all over the world head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.